Bum bum bada bum bum bada bum bum bada bum bum. Those are all copyright infringements that we are committing. What were you singing, Gabby? What was my song? Who's on the podcast this Monday special? What is that? John Cena. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John Cena. John Cena. Oh, that's what that was. You can't see me. Never seen it. My time is now. John never seen it. Did you ever listen to the John Cena album? I never even seen it. Did you ever listen to the John Cena album? No. John Cena had an album? Yeah, I he had no an album. Idea. John Cena is the wrestler, right? And the actor. He is an actor. He prefers oh, uh, actor wrestler John Cena. Movie. I saw him in that movie with Amy Schumer. In Bumblebee? Yeah, John Cena's in I Bumblebee. I haven't seen Bumblebee. Bumblebee's in Amy Schumer. Anyways. Welcome to the Monday special. It's Ortega, Gabby, Paul, and Yo. Shane. Hi. We're all back this week. What up? The four of us, which we hope is an ongoing... Thing as often as we can possibly keep it going Fendangle. as long as shane drives in the snow to see us guys it's negative 35 it's not negative it's 35. so freaking cold it's it negative. Feels like it's negative how much you want to bet it's it feels like it's negative 35 oh but so it's if not it feels like it's negative 35 that I means it's negative i can 35. answer this question the weather channel I, makes a distinction so paul let's have it what i are you pulled open say? i pulled open the weather app this morning and it said fuck off <laughs> <laughs> that's all it said it wasn't like oh minus minus 18 make sure you wear a jacket it's like no just stop it's really cold today it's because you have the wind chill yeah thank the you. wind is thank not you, Shane. the wind, wind is not chill i have a windshield <laughs> well the man shane with today's weather Honestly, windshields are overrated. We don't really need I get windshields. You, Shane. It's it's minus thirty five. I believe you. That was really romantic. Minus nineteen. I get you, Shane. But it feels like what? Are you uh, saying the minus thirty one? So it's not minus thirty five. It's actually closer to minus thirty. I don't like the Apple out. Uh, it's the weather app. channel. I feed through the weather channel. I, I, I like how Shane's gonna spend ten minutes fact checking me. Well, the find... network app is better. Oh, your phone's I just ask cool. Siri all the time. I'm gonna fact yeah, check you. Thanks, uh, guys. This is how much the team here at the Slice believes in me. I'm staring at nobody believes you. Say thirty one. I buy me really quickly. So a couple things we want to talk about this week. <laughs> <laughs> Weather apps. Here we go. I'm I'm off the podcast. What's this your is my last podcast, Get out. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a couple of big things this week actually. So we um, I, I think it was a tenth we looked it up. Um, just before we recorded our last podcast, we got some big news between Destiny and uh, Destiny developer, sorry, Bungie and uh, Destiny publisher, Activision. But we didn't want to talk about it too soon because sometimes there's emotional reactions to this kind of stuff and being big Destiny players. <laughs> Imagine getting emotional about this. I cried. Uh, <laughs> Tears of joy. But you know yeah, I was really happy. But you know what just kind of struck me as weird, though? It's just like, did you ever think that Bungie would be described first and foremost as the developer of anything other than the Halo series? What's upon You just introduced them as yes. like Destiny developer Bungie. It's just like, they made Halo. And Marathon. Oh, yeah. Who can ever forget Marathon? <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, Destiny and uh, and Activision. Oh, Activision will no longer publish Destiny in the future. So, that was a pretty big news coming into the new year. Kind of out of left yeah. field, too. Yeah. We didn't really expect it. I think it was on, a, I think it was like in the middle of the week. Like, it wasn't anything in particular that was going on that, that made us think that we were going to get news like this. Yeah. Well, it's January, right? Start of a new, like, fiscal quarter for, like, a lot of uh, gaming companies, especially if you're, like, in the packaged goods and stuff. It makes sense wow. so, yeah. logical Paul. if you if you look at it from like a business standpoint like which is, this goods, is as we discussed on this the last is very podcast. much like a, a business like decision really because it's not changing anything about really the games themselves like if you go in and play destiny like you know, it's not gonna change the way you're but i'm curious out. i'm curious if it if it does so i mean just to, to clarify so we were just kind of talking about this before the podcast destiny will leave uh 
will leave with Bungie. So Bungie will will kind of or has yeah. rather terminated its publishing deal with Activision, meaning that Bungie will retain uh, the rights to Destiny, which is a lot different than when um, Bungie oh, left Microsoft, Microsoft right. and Halo stayed with Microsoft. So it's just for some clarity. Um, d- d- obviously, Destiny is going to continue to be developed by Bungie once they leave Activision. The question I want to throw out there is, how do you think this affects Whoa. what we've known? Did she, you just fart? She just farted. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, it was pretty hefty. I am curious to know what your thoughts are on whether this big change to the to the publishing side of things will actually change what we see as the product of destiny i think um, it will i okay. think it will i think a lot of the problems with destiny 2 especially i feel like um might have been pushed through from activision's end in terms of like trying to make more money um and i think bungie has has now learned how to receive feedback and cha- make changes uh in their game um I disagree with you. See, I mean, well, I I'm disagree. Kidding, I'm kidding. I I'm kind of on two ends. There, I, unfortunately, right? well, I'm not done. Let me finish. Unfortunately, for me, the changes, like even for now, this Destiny Two happened a little bit too late for me. I might, like I said, I think on a previous podcast, I might pick it up, uh, the all the expansions when they're all done. It's just I can't spend so much money on 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 that game when I know I'm not going to be playing it for too long, with other games coming out. But I do think, um, going forward, I don't know how structurally different destiny 2 might be but i feel like if they do like a destiny 3 or any other destiny titles it will i feel like it'll be more different than um what we've seen with them under the activision umbrella so here's my thinking about how that'll really change it is ultimately bungie has been saying this whole time that they really thought about destiny as a platform but the biggest issue is the company who puts out destiny is activision and they have a business model that's based on like we make games, they go out on discs, and we send those discs to Walmart. And if you send out a game as a platform, if you send someone, this is Destiny, and you're going to be buying stuff online that a package on top of it, like, that doesn't really fit in with the way Activision likes to make money. Like, make no mistake, like, but, but like, Bungie really wants to be in that service where they are selling you stuff on top of stuff on top of stuff. Like, they want to make a lot of money out of Destiny, but they want to make it in a way that's going to jive with the destiny is a platform model as opposed to they don't want to be putting out every four years like destiny one two three and then you get some people then lose some people and then get some people and lose some people they want people subscribe to destiny yeah i think for me i'll be honest with you i i i think you put it a great way but i think that was destiny as a platform from a development rather than publishing i think when bungie publishes it it'll be different like they'll have a different ideal assuming that Bungie self-publishes and doesn't work with another publisher. Yes. They right? won't have to worry about cannibalizing Destiny 3 when they're going to be like, nope, this is Destiny. Destiny is Destiny forever. Well, yeah. and this is the thing is, so I always go back to when I first saw Destiny at E3 that one year behind closed doors and what they promised and what they said it was. And they said that it was this open world, whatever you see, whatever you could see in the distance, you could go to it, you could expand it. And I've talked about this at length on other episodes of other podcasts um but the reality of the situation is i mean you say that they're really good at listening to community and what what fans want and things like that that was destiny one and then destiny two came out and suffered from a lot of the same issues that they rectified in destiny one by the end of destiny one which they then removed from destiny two to be corrected by dlc coming further so i think it's almost it's i'd be very hesitant to say that 
we're going to see a revolution in what Bungie makes because Bungie made Destiny. Like, they made it at the end of the day. They, they knew what they were making. I don't think all the blame could be on Activision. I definitely think there's a lot of Activision's DNA in some of the sales choices and, and things like that. But I think at the end of the day, the game that was created is what Bungie create like that they knew damn well what they were creating and by the end of the life cycle of De of Bungie 1 you saw i mean of Destiny 1 you saw the the fans getting pissed cuz it was the most linear game ever and it was on train tracks and you know it wasn't expansive and it wasn't in depth and then the DLC came out and i remember everyone saying how amazing it was and how it turned around the whole Destiny experience and that's what Destiny was supposed to be and then Destiny 2 came out and we were like oh my god this game fixed everything and then 2 months passed by and we're like Oh no, it actually suffers from a lot of the same issues that the first one did and that they rectified with the DLC in the first one. But now we have to wait for DLC to come out to rectify it in this one yet again. So I don't know if it's going to change um, like majorly. I think it'll be a lot of the same sort of thing where they're going to be looking to fund their adventure by pushing DLC content rather than a full game at launch. I think we're going to see a lot of that same sort of thing. But that's my opinion on it. I think the talent that left Bungie went to 343. So I think I have a lot of fond memories of Bungie, but I also remember Bungie be the, being the first studio that I ever bought DLC from. And that being Halo 2 had DLC on the original Xbox. And then Halo 3 had DLC. And like all these Halo games had DLC built into them, mm -hmm. which was the first time that you had to pay for extra stuff. Well, I did. I had to pay for extra stuff, 20 bucks for two maps. Um, so I think they're going to use a lot of that same model in the future with Destiny. I don't think we're going to get this full flushed out game in Destiny 3. I would love it, but I don't think it's going to happen. Well, I don't think it's realistic to expect that any game that is, let alone something that has a business model the way that Destiny or Division or Anthem or pick a, pick a game in that genre that isn't based off of things like microtransactions and additional content being published after. I think my biggest gripe with uh, the rollout of all the really everything is that you know destiny 2 we put a lot of time and I, i'm gonna try to share this from two perspectives because on one hand i feel like i got my money's worth out of destiny 2 mm -hmm. we played mm -hmm. 200 hours maybe within a couple of months like i think we, we logged a lot. a lot of time so for us to say that we're bored of a game that has no content that we put 200 hours in is kind of a i don't know it's kind of a it, it's it's a very I don't want to say it's a, uh, it's not a complaint. It's just like we no. got content. You know what I mean? Right. Like there's, that's the game that I've probably put the most time into in the last, last couple of years. years yeah. So how dare me after two months complain about, about content when I've exhausted it? We played it almost every night. I've played it with a, a multitude of people. I had a lot of fun playing it. And then there was still DLC that came out, that came out after it that was free because of the season pass that I purchased. The problem that bothered me was, or sorry, the problem is, is that so quickly after are you being gently asked to pay a premium for more content mm -hmm. of something that was already content filled which is fine but the cost shouldn't be more than the base game like to me if dlc is being published after the fact that's fine it shouldn't be more expensive than the base it's game expensive. itself and you're talking about an annual pass and two pieces of dlc that cost combined 117 dollars canadian and that was to get what currently came out this past September yeah. in addition to everything that's going to come out for the next year, right? So it very much is, is, is going into that games as a service model where it's going to charge the player ongoing. That I feel like is where a lot of Activision's fingerprints are is that they're trying to monetize something that they know is going to make them money because here's the thing. I complained about this. You complained about this. 
tons of people I know complained about it, those same people bought it. Yeah. So like they have a problem with the model itself, but at the end of the day, if you love the game enough, then you're probably going to buy into the content itself. What I'm hoping comes of something like this is that if there was a balance in a boardroom or in negotiations with Bungie and Activision, that the way that they publish this content, whether it be price, whether it be the way that they roll it out, that Bungie is a little bit more in control of their content rollout. Because to me, the way that they rolled out Season Pass over the last couple of years is very symptomatic of a publisher trying to make as much money as they possibly can. And I don't think Bungie's going to forget that because Bungie has made tons of money as a developer of a huge franchise now, one of the biggest in the world. But they also have to acknowledge that people are going to expect change from them because they don't have the scapegoat of a publisher like Activision that everybody's going to say, we don't blame Bungie, we blame Activision. Bungie has to stand on its own two feet now and stand by the business decisions that it's going to make. And so it'll be interesting. I don't think we'll see it probably immediately. I think if there is another Destiny game, we'll, really see, yeah, we'll, see, we'll see what exactly they've learned from their partnership. And then also, hopefully, what it means for us is that there's a little bit more financial um, uh, conservation from a player standpoint. They're not asking as much of us from a time, from a, play, uh, a, a money investment and more so from a time investment and supporting the community in the way that uh, Ubisoft has with Division and hopefully yeah. Bioware and EA do with Anthem as they promised, right? So, I mean, here's the thing that I always find like a little tiresome whenever you read game stories is this whole idea that the developers are almost like these bohemian artists who are really just trying to let you have this incredible like experience outside of it like we just want to make games that you have fun and we love but you know what they also want to eat yeah and the thing is game development is a incredibly unstable business and so a lot of like oftentimes publishers like your activisions your eas um your ubisofts even will all get blamed for the microtransactions and trying to add more ability to put more money into games but like there are biz dev people who work inside the studios themselves who are also looking at like how can we be making more money out of like Assassin's Creed? How can we be making more money like from you buying like costume packs and things like that? And I just don't think it's I think that's one thing we're probably I don't think we're really gonna see any exciting changes within the next two or three years from this because I think ultimately the business model for Destiny is there. That's what it is, and they're going to continue on with it. They're doing well with it, and I don't think right now they're looking at that office full of people in that company, and now that they don't have Activision behind, backing them, they're, I don't think they're going to be like, let's get risky. It, I think ultimately Destiny 2 is going to continue on out, and what they do next, probably another Destiny game that might not be called Destiny 3, but it might just be like the next stage of that. I think... Um, I think- so just to be clear on my stand, and we've talked about this on previous podcasts as well. I don't have a problem with DLC. I think most of us are okay with DLC existing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this feels great. Well, it's if you love a game, yeah. and you I want, want more, more out of it, yeah. and the publisher is like, great, here's more content of what you love, like we're continuing to work on it, mm-hmm. then perfect. Why the hell wouldn't you want that? If I'm willing to give the developer money, then I'm going to pay for the content that I want out of that game. The two things that bother me very much about DLC is when it's planned prior to a game launching. So if you have... Uh, a rollout for the base game and then all of the stuff that comes after that fucking frustrates me. I think, uh, I think like probably 90% of games have planned DLC. Well, they have planned yeah, DLC. I mean, yeah. You have to have a roadmap, right? And it's fine to have a roadmap. If you're like, Hey, if this people love this game enough, this is what we would want to do with DLC, but to develop a game in its entirety and then go, okay, now September of 2019, a year after this comes out, we're going to charge a hundred dollars for all this other content that we're actively working on while we're still working on the base game, that leaves a bad taste in my mouth because 
then why not include that in the base game? It's, it's and I understand it as a business perspective, but as a gamer, that's that that's where I start to disagree with DLC and the way that DLC has gone. DLC started with, do you want armor for your horse in Oblivion? <laughs> and it's turned into, here's $100 so that you can get all the content that comes out this year. And if you really want to play with your friends in this game and they're monetarily they invested in the game, you have to buy it as well. Yeah. And that, I think that that's where it starts to take away some of the choice and the enjoyment of why you would actually want to get DLC to begin with. Shane. It's weird how far we've gone from horse armor and yet how not so far away from horse armor. It's, yeah, it's, it's actually really well, funny. It's, yeah. it's, you know, two things. One, I saw this post today. They're selling a reticle for a gun in Call of Duty for $15. Seems legit. A reticle on your screen. In the black market thing? Yeah. It's like 200 CC, whatever their thing is. Ah, made up money. Yeah. So, I mean, like that to me is the horse armor because it's, it's all it is is cosmetic. But I think if you look at like, for me, DLC working well is, um, a great example of that is things like the Witcher where you have games that, you know, a are so full of content, but they come out with DLC that is included in the game and free. But then they see an opportunity to make more money because people love Gwent. So what do they do? They make a side game of Gwent. They introduce Gwent cards, Gwent DLC, whatever that is, as its own ecosystem to keep promoting the production of their product. And they they leave The Witcher and they're like, you guys love The Witcher? We're going to give you The Witcher. And we're going to give you all the expansions on it for free. But if you guys really want to support the studio and you love the lore, here's this extra thing that you can do that's not going to... like The worst thing you can do is give the shell of a game and, and then, then fill it after. And then fill it after. It's like getting the. It's it's basically the way that I look at it is it's getting the shell of. It's getting all of the ingredients of something, and then nobody actually cooking it for you. It's just oh, like you know what it is. It. It's those those boxes that people order the the healthy chef, the chef in oh, the city boxes. Yeah, uh, blue, and you get all the the ingredients, ingredients, and then you're like, now I have to cook this. So if I burn uh, this blue steak, apron. yeah, blue apron. If I burn blue this blue fucking apron. steak. What good am I? Like, if you don't know how to cook, you don't know how to cook. It's actually pretty easy. I Getting the ingredients. It it's actually pretty easy. All right, I'm sending all my boxes but you're also over to Gabby so we can make my food for but, me. And just one last, I guess, final thought on this before we get into our Ooh, next but topic. I have one more I think, question for you guys about this. Okay. Um, with what we see, I, I'm excited. Like, I'm excited to see what can potentially come of this because I, I, think I, so. I really think that Destiny 2 hit a, hit a rock bottom stage where a lot of people got disinterested because of how much money investment they wanted out of people so quickly after the game came out and then i think people are tired of the model of having to go back to a game a year after it's come out when you have things like anthem and and division on the horizon and i think and this is gonna kind of segue into our next topic after paul asks his question ea has promised so much of anthem so far in terms of non-paid dlc and, and and adding a bunch of content after if that actually is a sustainable business model and they're able to sell a shit ton of copies of anthem and keep the player base live i think we'll start to see a pivot again but i don't know if anthem has the same buy-in that destiny did i was very excited for the first destiny i know you were as well mm-hmm. i'm excited for anthem but i think destiny exists in a separate category altogether because well, of how much money it's made attachment to Bungie as well, yeah right? and everybody was excited to see what Bungie was going to make next after halo not yeah. everybody's so excited about what bioware is making next because they put out a couple of duds right. so it'll be interesting but i think this whole anthem division period may actually shape the feet the, the future of what we see out of Bungie's fully own destiny title whenever right. that might actually come to be right paul you had a last thought right so before kind of sorry like, before you yeah go just for to it. add on to him yeah because i know the division two uh ubisoft has said that year one dlc will be free yeah and that contains three dlc drops yeah so again pre 
already like they have their roadmap. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that year two won't be free. But at least you'll be getting year one free. And, and who if, knows what they'll Well, if they start development on it after they publish the game and they're like, okay, now let's work on how we're going to support the game. Okay, yeah. fine. Yeah. But don't develop that content now knowing that the, you're going to publish a game and then ask for more money later right. while yeah. you're doing that, right? right. Yeah. I wonder if people realize, like, from the past four years now, how sneaky good at DLC Ubisoft is. They are so good at putting out a game and then just, like, extending the life of that game. Whether it's been the Assassin's Creed series with downloadable story chapters, whether it's been, like, Rainbow Six's, like, flat-out turnaround from release down to, like, the long life it's had right now. Like, Ubisoft. See, you're talking about Siege? Um, yeah, Rainbow Six Siege, Division, like... But yeah, I think the distinction great. there is that Ubisoft has done a really, really good job of supporting the player by yeah. those titles and also making really, really great games. They also started on a very, very rough note this generation with Watch Dogs oh, and yeah. a lot of promises, yeah. even in the first division. I mean, they try stuff, right? I mean, do you remember your Uplay account ID? Oh, God, yeah. yeah I right? remember it, yeah. The first time you had, like, a launcher in a console game. Yeah. But so the question I actually wanted to end off the, the Bungie discussion on for you is I think we're all pretty aligned here, but just for, like, the audience, like, we all love Halo, right? Yeah. 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 Halo's Daniel. Yeah, I love it. What do you mean you love it? I love it in, like, the way that I love certain things. To, like, well, here's yeah. the thing. Certain things like what? It's Slice bread. If I were to... Let me I take like a, having walls in a room. Let me take room. a guess at this. <laughs> let me take a guess at I'm this. I'm going to ask you to leave. The yeah. Halo experience, really, like, when you get down to it, what people love about the Halo experience 99% of the time isn't the single-player campaign, because the... Single player campaign. I is, love the single player campaign. I think the but first the narrative, Halo has one of the great, like greatest the single, single player, player but, campaigns but of the all time. Reach. First person, the first Halo. Dude, if and you Halo Reach as well, I ODST think it's amazing. As well. Yeah, which oh, is great. ODST, yeah. ODST Fuck, I love Reach, Halo. Halo. I love Halo. <laughs> right <laughs> there we go. But that's three Halo games. But there's so many more Halo there's so games. So many, yeah. That just like Halo 2's campaign. The storyline is shit. I didn't think it was very good. I liked it. Three is okay, mediocre. Four was pretty good. Three was okay. You know, okay, so anyway, before no, no, we get into this, this so point, my, I hear you have to my say thing this. is, I love playing Halo Online with friends, matchmaking, uh-huh. competitive, love that aspect. That, I don't think, appeals to you as much as it does to me. Like, if I were looking at it from, like, holistically, do I love the campaign and the narrative throughout the Halo series? I enjoy it, but I'm not going to Halo and being like, I can't fucking wait to play the campaign. I'm like, I'm going to play the campaign, and I'm going to play the shit out of multiplayer. And then going and playing multiplayer and doing that... I think is where the money is for Halo. So I think for think me, about... just to clarify my kind of sense, I love Halo. Yeah. I don't look forward to that's Halo better. in the way that other people well, look not, forward to Halo. Well, and that's anymore. not because I don't love it and I don't like to play it with you guys. Yeah. I played Halo 4 and 5 with you guys every night that we played it, basically, when they both came out. But it's just not its not one of those titles that I'm like, fuck, man, Like I can't wait to see the next Halo title. I know it's going to come, and I know I'm going to play it with you guys. It's the other stuff that I, that I don't quite know what to expect. I know Halo is going to be a great multiplayer experience, Halo 5 really, really turned me off of the narrative because of how poorly executed yes. it was. oh my god. And that bothered oh, me. Yeah. I loved yeah. Halo 4's campaign. Why are Locke and Chief friends when they <laughs> showed that it was one versus the other? What the fuck? Yeah, that, the marketing well, on that game was highly misdirected. Man. Anyways, yeah. I want to wrap this up so we yeah, can talk about one other major topic. But, Paul, go but ahead. So the thing was is that like now establishing that we all, to varying degrees, really enjoyed the Halo games... Isn't it kind of, so one of the things to bring up that people are constantly dissatisfied with Destiny is just the amount of content. But when you look at it, like especially in, in regards to what you said as far as like how much time you spent with Halo and multiplayer, do you think you've racked up more time playing Halo multiplayer than you've racked up playing Destiny? No. And how often did you really think like I was were you honest. ever playing Halo 
And were you ever thinking like, there's just not enough to do here? Like, I didn't think so. It's because it's different. It's a t- different type of game. Right. It's a totally different type of game. But I think that's part of it is, like, people pick up Destiny and they that's there's all the legacy of, like, we gave you the shooter game that you could play with your friends who are really good and mm. play with friends like me who are kind of shit at it right. and still have fun at it. Do you, On some level, do you think, do you kind of wish that, like, Bungie had kept making Halo games and Destiny just never existed. No, because I think I think three four three has actually done a really really good job. Other than the Halo Five, we just campaign. ended off talking about how those like those last two games have been. I I heavily, only heavily flawed. I only specified Halo Five. Halo Four I actually really enjoyed. I, I yeah. as a, as an as an entry I back into Halo. Halo I think Halo Four's campaign was awesome. I think it was very different. I think if Bungie had stayed on the same trajectory, they would have tried to continue to supplement background story on the original trilogy rather than branching into something truly new. And I think giving it to a new developer in Three Four Three allowed them to to go a little bit different. Uh, in a little bit of a different direction with Halo lore. So for me, I'm actually happy Bungie is no longer involved with Halo. I think it's it was the right call on Microsoft's part. What do you think, Gabs? I, I, I agree with Ortega. Um, Halo 5 campaign, um, I think the biggest feedback that people were giving was that it, it wasn't enough Master Chief. And I think um, they've already said that it won't be like that for the next Halo game. So they do, again, again they, they listen to feedback and they... They want to improve it, right? So, and I, and I feel like they're going in a very big direction with Halo Infinite, and I can't, I can't, I can't wait, I can't wait to see that game. I wish that Bungie never left Microsoft, and I wish that Microsoft gave Bungie the creative freedom to create Destiny at the same time that they were cooking up. Halo. Yeah, I feel like I'm I, with, I'm ashamed. I I'm, I'm, I agree with you. I I agree with you. I feel like if Microsoft can go back in time, they would have never negotiated that deal. I think, and this brings up the question that I was gonna, and we'll end on this note: is you know, with Microsoft's kind of um, revamped focus on 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 first party and trying to produce a lot of content native to the Xbox, I can't help but think that maybe Bungie somehow falls into that now that they're free of a publishing deal with another. Not that I think that. I think they're gonna self-publish. I think I think they may self-publish, but I think there's they're it's done. reopened the door on on a potential partnership with Microsoft because I think Microsoft is willing to give the world so that they can get some of their best partners and developers that they've worked with in the past back. So I think there may be a reality yeah. out there, and we may not see it for a while, where Microsoft and Bungie come back together. Just happy moments. Even if it was just like a Halo game, if it was a small little Halo game, and they were like, we'd love for you to I create an ODS. I can't imagine that that's the case, because everyone who, like, many people left Bungie at that time to form 343. Right. Well, I mean, like, this is a, probably another episode, but I don't know that I necessarily feel But like even just the optics of it, just just the optics the of, of, of the creating a, a bridge between the two of them, I think that there's, I think this gives... A potential for that to happen. It's been almost a decade since they've left. I think it would. It's an, It's the right time for there to be a reunion there between that developer and then. That'd be cool. Microsoft. That'd I think it would cool. be cool. New IP. I want to. I want to hear a new story where they go to the stars. Cool man. Cool man. No man's sky. Um, <laughs> no man's sky. Bungie. The other big piece of, and this is more rumored news rather than an actual formal announcement. Um, and we don't have to spend nearly as much time on this because it is a rumor rather than something that we've uh, had confirmed. Yeah. But EA supposedly has canceled their open world uh, Star Wars game um, that was being developed by Visceral that was then taken over by EA EA Vancouver, I believe. EA, it's some somewhere on the West Coast. Vancouver. EA Vancouver, Vancouver makes FIFA. Well, they were making a Star Wars game, but they still may be. So oh, again, man. this is this is a reported this, cancellation. The, the ultimate game, team. Was packs. it ever announced? Or was yeah, it, all, it, was it was announced. announced? Yeah. There's, a, there's footage of it. 
Oh, really? There's a pre-awful footage of it, I yeah, from E3 that, yeah. from a couple years ago. So it begs the question, and I would like just some quick thoughts around this. Um, do you think that it's time for EA to not have creative control of the Star Wars license anymore? I think so. And B, who would you like to see uh, take control of that Star Wars license, or would you like to actually see it become something that maybe they don't revisit for a period of time? Like, like Marvel, or sorry, Marvel. Disney doesn't hand publishing rights or, or a licensing deal to a I don't know who, I want, who I'd want to publish it, to be honest. Okay. I would like a dedicated studio again. I think LucasArts Games was making great uh, Star Wars content. Well, like, we saw thirteen thirteen that got canceled, but that looked super promising until yeah. it got canceled. But like, I think the for only sure. way that you're going to get that same passion for a license out of someone is internal. I think. You think Disney makes a studio? Uh, Disney had a studio. They do. Disney has had studios. Yeah, like for video games. Yeah, oh, they had, yeah. They had Disney the, Interactive, and they had the Disney Disney, Disney Infinity. Or Infinity, yeah. They had they had them. They they ended Disney Infinity, but like, I think when I think about great. Star Wars games that I've played, you know, Battlefront has looked amazing, but I, I didn't buy Battlefield 2 because of all the controversy and things about Battlefront. Sorry. I will put something forward on Battlefront 2. I think Battlefront I 2. I have so much to put forward on Battlefront 2. Battlefront 2 felt amazing. Yes. Looked incredible. Yes. DLC killed it. Yes. The loot box strategy and then the idea that they they tried to rectify all of those issues, but it was very anti-consumer. Like, I played that game and I loved playing it. It just, like, it just crumbled under its own weight in terms of how much it wanted to actually produce. And it ended up becoming a title that nobody's... I haven't gone back and played Battlefront since whatever movie was that came out that year. I think it was last year, right before The Last Jedi. I played it and then I haven't gone back and played it. And it's like, it was like $20 within three or four months of it coming out, which yeah. I think just... Yeah. That speaks to that. But, but I put I, in a lot of time on the original Battlefront. Yeah, we, was I, great. I played the shit out of the first yeah. one. It was great. Um, and it was bare bones. Like, there wasn't a lot of content there, but it was just fun. It was fun. Yeah. But the, the I remember when EA asked the developer, one of the developers, to come out and apologize for the game. Like, EA sent somebody who was yeah. working actively on the game to apologize to the fans about the way that they, they, they handled it. And it was like, this is just a developer. Like, this is somebody who was, was working on so it. absurd. And they're they're punishing the well not punishing him but like literally using him as a scapegoat now for this and they're being like oh yeah and we're doing all of these things to rectify all these issues we've had and I think it was might have been the lead Just on the game or something someone to the crowd so they can chew on him for exactly a bit. yeah so I mean that's that's a shitty way to do that and I I read a quote from the writer of Rogue One who was like I think it's complete shit the way that uh, EA has handled the the, the uh, Star Wars license. the Star Wars license I he's like I would be so pissed if I was Disney and I would I would remove the license not that this guy cares really yeah, anyway like the dude from Rogue One is anyone we should be talking about but preserving <laughs> the integrity of Star Wars lore but I mean thanks Rogue, for Rogue One bruh it's not about it, lore I think it's just about the way that they, they yeah, approached it right I think, I think Rogue One is a great Star Wars film independently from what you're saying and so I do give <laughs> I him a little films. bit of weight uh, when I'm like you know what good Star Wars looks like you built a movie based off the original movie that everyone loves you made a prequel 30 40 years later and it held up and people loved it so you know how to handle a license mind you you have a whole bunch of other people backing you but i think it's a great example of how ea has kind of shit the bed on that i would i'd love to see another studio try and take it over who i don't know i like i said maybe the initiative even if they didn't uh, <laughs> even though they've done nothing i think i think 
I enjoyed a time where Star Wars games could be made by any developer. So I don't know whether I even like the fact that there's a licensing, like an exclusive licensing deal. Because if I think about some of the best Star Wars games that have ever been made, Knights of the Old Republic, Knights of the Old Republic 2, Jedi Academy, Jedi Academy 2. Like there's there's so many games. games. Bioware, Obsidian, uh, Jedi Academy. I don't remember the developer, but these are all like Aren't older they games. Are owned by EA? Obsidian they they weren't when they were published. Obsidian was not an no, EA. No, but I mean like yeah. now. Obsidian's not. Obsidian's Microsoft yeah. and, and Bioware. Bioware developed Knights or uh, Star Wars: The Old Republic, which has actually become a pretty uh, uh, well-supported online like MMO. But that might be the only Star Wars game that's been put out in the last, let's say, decade that has actually gotten a huge player base that has been able to retain it and has actually done a lot of positive stuff and has responded to a lot of feedback. They introduced a lot of popular characters. Darth Revan came back. They have DLC that they're consistently putting out. I would love to go back to that game. I don't feel any desire to go back to any other Star Wars game other than the Lego Star Wars games, which are a blast to play. But I don't know. I think Ubisoft, Ubisoft might be the only publisher that has it to, uh, together enough to be able to to handle something that big. But I don't know if I would like to see that. I actually think that giving the creative freedom to a bunch of different studios to do what they would like to it, yeah. uh, I think that that might actually work best. Or to Shane's point... Disney has, I don't even, an indescribable amount of money. I would like to see them take maybe a few billion dollars and put all of that money into something that's going to be able to create great, not only Star Wars content, but let's talk Marvel, yeah. all of these other interactive divisions that can come out of that. Yeah. I think that that would be a really, really good call, and that way they could, they could control that. I think the problem that you run into with that, though, is that very similar to the films, they may become very... Uh, cookie cutter or they'll be very very controlled i don't know what kind of creative freedom a developer would be able to do under the disney umbrella they may nix everything that that a developer tries to do with it so but, on that though i think there's something to probably look so ultimately i don't love ea like most i don't even think there's like an ea game that i even like i play fifa love you that love FIFA, man. oh man i love fifa so much but even like the new fifa really sucks it's basically a soccer themed casino but Here's the one thing is like you mentioned creative freedom, right? And that's the one thing that everyone since a certain company bought another company, like that's something people aren't getting freedom with freedom with. People are not getting freedom with the Star Wars license. The biggest issues with Battlefield 2 and the weirdest thing about well, Battlefront. Sorry, Battlefront 2. The weirdest thing with Battlefront 2 is that like yeah, you know what? EA like EA got knocked for all of that, but EA had a whole bunch of plans on how they were going to like handle selling cosmetics for characters and selling different like they had a whole business model set and then representatives from like disney basically in charge of star wars market uh, star wars's marketing said like nope you can't sell cosmetics for these characters and nixed and changed the entire thing and what are the things that like disney is coming in and shutting down and canceling all the narrative based games it's not that they're like ea is like i don't think it's ea screwing this all up I think Disney at this point is looking at the star like the Star Wars like license that they have and they're thinking about like, okay, how are we gonna use this? How are we gonna create entries into the universe? And they're being well and it makes sense, but they're being highly conservative with it. They're shutting down all the other projects. I don't think Battlefront two necessarily is in, indicative of like, okay, sorry, battle Battlefront Battlefield and Battlefront. They had both games. Dice, Battlefront. Dice developed Battlefield and they also developed the Battlefront game. So like well, that makes how it, it even can more be confusing now. But the Star but the Star Wars game that came out last year, like that game failing, I don't think is very much indicative of EA not knowing what to do. It's just the entire industry. We just talked about like Destiny and Bungie. 
the entire industry is looking at how to make us have a sustainable model to make their games make money as they can keep on their staff and keep basically being successful and producing very expensive blockbuster games. Like, I think that was just an, like an indication again of another like failure of a company being able to figure out how to make their model make sense. Yeah. I think right now the biggest issue with Star Wars is like, I don't think Disney knows what they want to do with it. I don't think Disney knows how they want to expand their universe outside of like their television shows and outside of their, um, outside of like the normal books, novelizations and movies. Like, I don't know if they know how they want to go into games and that's what's hurting their partnership with EA. And I don't think moving to a smaller developer is going to help that. And one of the things you brought up with is talking about like, I'm sure Disney could put the money in. Well, Disney's already indicated that they're not going to, and Disney's already found success in being able to use their licenses. We talked about Spider-Man, right? And the difference with Spider-Man was is that they went, they incorporated their current, their existing writing teams and narrative like structures into a game. They then trusted that developer to make that game within a rigid structure. And there we go. We have like an excellent Spider-Man game. Now, if they could find a way where they can strike that balance with a publisher, whether it's EA or anybody, I think they could find that similar success with Star Wars. But here's the thing. Disney needs to get its shit in order. Otherwise, like, there's going to be no good Star Wars games coming out. Well, we, we the still respawn have a, game might be good. I was going to say, we yeah. still have a respawn game on the way. So Titanfall 2 campaign was one of the best I've played in a while. For it, was a, it was a lot of fun. Titanfall both 1 and 2 have been good. So we may still see it. And again, this is all speculation. We don't even know whether this game has been canceled, but it's being reported as canceled. Um, and then on top of that, there are still Star Wars games that are being planned under the EA umbrella. So I'd be surprised if we saw the it come to the end. But there definitely, I think, needs to be a change in the in the in the dynamic of the partnership between Disney and EA. And hopefully, yeah. it starts to yield some positive results for us rather than just financial success for an already super super uh, powerful brand. So we'll see. I think we'll hear probably more about Respawn's. Uh, project this year. I yeah, think it's slated so. to come out this year, isn't it? I thought that I don't know, but I know they are probably going to reveal it at E3. I would assume yeah, something would assume Jedi, so. something Fallen Jedi, or something. something like that. Yeah. Anyways, well, they they shared the title at the video game awards. The right? last, no, no, last E3. Vince Zampella was in the stands during the yeah EA with a shirt, right? And yeah, the play and just, uh, yeah. came up to him and asked him to talk about it. Yeah. Imagine being a video game guy and using a Star Wars shirt to announce something. It's like, how did they tell that you're not just a video game guy? And he actually announced something. Knows Vince Zampella, man. Oh yeah, but like ultimately, like a a dude Shout who works in video games wearing a Star Wars T-shirt is not exactly like, oh, that must mean something about Star Wars. It's just like, or he's just a nerd like you, and he's wearing a Star Wars shirt. Maybe. Like you, like we probably are. Yeah. I want to give my wish for Star Wars. It's Let's really it. quick. I want a Tomb Raider esque slash Uncharted esque Star Wars game. Like, like an open world. Oh, that would be good. Well, that's Not what, they, world, that's what but... 1313 was going to be, right? Yeah, like a narrative-driven, give me an origin story of whatever it is. I want graphics. I want like that sort of thing. Like let Crystal Dynamics handle Response, it or yeah, whoever. I want a Star I don't Wars think, I think Response game. game is going to be more uh, like fast-paced and like, pew. oh, look at all these force things you can do all over all the so. walls and stuff. I think, Jump into the I think, I think what uh, Shane is uh, talking about, I think that was... The, the vision behind the visceral game and i think that that's what if it ultimately is canceled and it's not continuing development i think we probably won't see a, a, a they, single player narrative like that in under ea's umbrella until they start a new development theoretically but, that's what they hired amy hennig from naughty dog to do right is like the story director behind uncharted 2 and uncharted 1 mm -hmm. is to get her to make and build that kind of game there yeah i mean it'd be cool i like you even if you built that into like 
Battlefront when they came out with it, like that was the single player was like this sort of thing, and then you had the multiplayer, which was more expansive like that. You, I think you want I would have played first person or, is, or the third person. I think third person would be cool. I think third person would be cool. Yeah, no. I want a Star Wars Do we fighting know if game. Respawn's game is first person or third person. I don't, I don't think there's, there's any news on it yet. Yeah. There's nothing, right? No. I feel like it's gonna be. It might do both. I feel, I feel, I feel like, like it's it might gonna be do third both. Person. But I feel like it's gonna be a third person. Anyways, that uh, so obviously a lot of big things happening over the last couple of weeks with some very very big name studios and big name publishers and big name franchises. So hopefully we hear more in the near future as to whether EA has actually uh, nixed the game altogether or Nix. whether it's just a rumor or if another studio picks it up under the EA umbrella. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, the, the Destiny thing, I, we're not going to see what, how that's going to affect the Maybe Destiny franchise probably for a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much all of our thoughts on EA, Bungie, Destiny, Halo, Star Wars, Whoa. everything really. It's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. It was a chunky podcast. Chunks. It Super chunky. It's like two fifty six two podcast. That's hardy. It's hardy. Uh, check us out on social media. Um, you'll hear back from us again on Wednesday. What where is our handle, are... Ortega? Our individual handle? No, no. Our... I was like, do you really want to plug your own your individual Instagram? Handle? We could. You should. If you're not following Gabby on Instagram. Um, or our has... social media for our podcast. Is at the slice TO. It's on all social media platforms. Um, check us out. We've got uh, Twitter. We got stuff. Twitter, We've got Instagram. We've got. That's really the only ones we use. We got Facebook. If you want to join us on there, anyways. Should I make the joke about us not being on Tumblr again? I know oh, people no. really love that. No, that's the last three podcasts. I feel like you <laughs> made that joke. Uh, anyways, um, check us out. We'll be back on Wednesday. We'll be back on Friday. Uh, and once again, it has been a slice. <laughs>